Welcome to RTTN. We're so glad that you're here today. <laughs> We're going to turn to Acts 1, and I want to read selected, uh, selected scriptures today. So let's start in about verse 3. I think it's after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Now remember, this is after his suffering. He presented himself to them, gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Skip down to five. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus has given the promise of what is to come. But you will receive power, verse eight, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Down to 11. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking in the sky? The same Jesus that has been taken, catch that, that has been taken <clears throat> from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you have seen him go into heaven. Then apostles turned, returned to Jerusalem from the hill that they called the Mount of Olives. We were there in December and got to see all of this. And when it comes to fruition and you can visualize this, you never read the Bible the same. Let me just give a brief commercial that nobody gets any credit or any money out of. If you haven't been to Israel, find a way and a time and a place to go. Pastor's putting together a trip. We'll announce that at a later time. But there need, you need to go to Israel at least once in your life. The Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. Think about that. So they walked all day from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the upper room where they were staying. Those present were the 11 disciples. I won't read their names. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, <clears throat> a group numbering about 120. If you're taking notes, write down 120. So catch this. They started with 11. Now there's 120. So they nominated two men, Joseph and Matthias. And they cast lots and they fell to Matthias. So he was added to the 11 apostles. Chapter 2. Real quickly. Suddenly a sound blowing of a violent, sound blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be the tongues of fire and separated and came to rest on them. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they said, aren't all these people speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears our own native language? It speaks to the languages that are being spoken. It says they were amazed and perplexed, and they asked one another, what does this mean? While others made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Skip on down. Peter says, or excuse me, no, this was what was spoken by the prophet of Joel. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Catch this. Sons and daughters is a core value and a part of the vision of this house. It's one of the primary visions of Pastor Kevin and Pastor Devin. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days and they will prophesy. I will show you wonders in heavens above and signs on earth below, blood and fire, billows of smoke. David said this about him. I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Skip to verse chapter 3. Peter and John were going down to the temple about the time three in the afternoon. A man shows up who was lame from birth, being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. 
where he was put to beg every day for those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Skip down. Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but I do have something I can give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. They went with him in the temple courts, walking, jumping, and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit and beg at the temple called Beautiful. When they, fought, when they saw him, they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Catch the fact that they continued to see. When they saw, as they saw, they saw this, they saw that. All these things are taking place. Visually, they are able to see these things taking place. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness that we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed on Friday. And you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. Skip down to 16. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you now see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and faith that comes through this, that he has been completely healed as you all can see. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and times of refreshing may come from the Lord. All the way down to 25. You are heirs of the prophets and covenant that God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. Finally, chapter 4. Peter and John, uh, before the Sanhedrin, they were greatly disturbed because the prophets and apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection was of the dead. They seized Peter and John because it was evening. They put him in jail till the next day, but many who heard the message believed. So the number who believed had grown to 5,000. Watch the mathematical equations that are taking place. The next day, the rulers, the elders, the teachers of the law all met in Jerusalem. Anias the high priest was there. So was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. One translation says everybody who was anybody was there. Think about that. Everybody who was anybody was there. And they questioned him and said, By what power or name do you do these things? Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are called into account today for an act of kindness, say kindness, shown to a man who was lame and being asked how he was healed, then you know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Christ Jesus of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God has raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone the builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name in heaven given to mankind by which we will be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Can you say amen? Skip down. What are we going to do with these men, they ask. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. Why couldn't they deny it? Because everyone had seen it. But to stop this thing from speaking any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in Jesus' name. They called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But they said, as for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. 
After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had become. Down to 29. Now the Lord considered the threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Say boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. With great power, 33, great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in all of them. There were no needy persons among them. Can you claim that? No needy persons among them. From the time those who owned land and houses sold them and brought the money from the sales. So here's what happened. Five days ago, four days ago, we celebrated the resurrection. Back in this time, what had taken place was when Jesus was crucified on Friday, could you imagine having seen him, having walked with him, having talked with him, having seen the growth of the early church, and then watching him be taken and crucified the way he was? What did they feel? I ask myself all the time, we, we believe in the resurrection, we just celebrated it, but if you were a part of that and you had seen it, and you had seen the brutal beating that Pastor preached about, and you saw all that took place, and you saw them put him in the grave, you saw that he was dead, would you be convinced that he rose again. Even Pastor Kevin preached Friday night. Even Mary, the most, the most loyal follower, said that he is no longer here. Someone has taken him. They all didn't, they didn't know what to do. They were disillusioned. They were disappointed. They were, they were uh, upset. They were scattered. They were confused because he said he was going to rise again and they wanted to believe that he rose again. And they hoped that he believed and they kind of thought that maybe... He had risen again, but there was this doubt. And could you imagine in modern days, after following him and already being criticized and already being cast out and already being all the things that he had been talked about, all of a sudden you get canceled. In this day and time, people would go and unfollow on social media Jesus because he was no longer there. They could no longer see him. He was gone. But then it happened. Something so undeniably, unbelievably impossible, it happened. For 40 days, Jesus reveals himself to them after he had risen from the dead. Then they became bold and they became confident and their faith just went to new levels because why? They saw him. This happened. It was just as real as before he went in the grave. They saw him. He revealed himself to them over and over again in different places and spaces and times. So all of a sudden they become so bold. They don't care anymore. They, 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 the, the foundation that, that we've started is called I Don't Give a Rip. They didn't give a rip. They joined our LLC. No longer did they care because it was Jesus. They had seen him, the same guy that they had followed all along, the same guy that told them that when I die, I will rise again, the same guy that they said had been rejected and taken and killed and stoned and everything else that they did to him, he was no longer there. Then all of a sudden he was back. Could you imagine the faith that would be built, the, the confidence that would be built? So what was it like? Luke tells us that around 65 to 70 A.D., this is what happened. All of a sudden, their hope was restored. They saw him face to face again. This attitude of zero compromise meant that they were 100% convinced that what he had told them had come to fruition. So we know why he came. When we think about the birth of Jesus, we know why he came. When we think about John 3, 16, we know why he came. We all know the story of, of Jesus and why he came to forgive us of our sins. 
to give us eternal life, all the things that he did. But sometimes I ask my question, why did he have to leave? Why did he have to leave? Why, he's God. Why, why couldn't he just stay on earth with us? Why couldn't we see him? Why couldn't we have, you know, 11 that became 12, that became 120, that became 3,000, that became 5,000, but he had to go? Why did he have to go? Why couldn't he stay here with us? I have a theory. I've studied on this, and, and here's, what, here's what I could come up with. Even though the forgiveness, he took the weight of the sin of the weight of the world, you know, the, the old song, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. Surely he bore our sorrows. By his stripes we were healed. But why did he have to leave? Why did he have to leave the way that he did? Because if Jesus hadn't left the earth in physical form, the gospel would not have spread the way that it has. Well, wait, wait, wait. He's omnipresent. He, he's part of the Trinity. He's, he's in the triune of God. He's omnipresent. When Jesus was on earth, he was in a physical form as a man. And just like you as a man or a woman, you can only be in one place at one time. Therefore, when Jesus was on the earth, the gospel was only being taught in one space, place, and time. But when he went away, when they got in that upper room, and when the gifts of the Spirit came in, isn't it, isn't it interesting that the first church was a Spirit-filled, holy, rolling, RTTN style, let's go for it, don't give a rip what anybody thinks? Pentecostal, charismatic, what, you name it all. I don't care what you call us, but it was, it was our kind of church. That's when this thing went to exponential expansion and multiplication. Watch what happens in the book of Acts. If he hadn't left the earth, remember, he would have been the only teacher. But after Jesus' death, he presented himself alive for 40 days. The disciples actually saw him alive. He appeared before their eyes, therefore proving the validity of the resurrection. But upon seeing them, he told them that he must leave. Now, he's already left once. For 40 days, he's hanging around with them. He said, I got to go again, guys. I got to go. And you know the story. He had to leave. But he said, when I do leave, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit who will be known as the Comforter and the Counselor. Amen? Amen? After those last words, Jesus was taken. This time he was taken up into the clouds. So the disciples left the Mount of Olives. They returned to Jerusalem. And they went into the upper room and had what I call the first church business meeting. The 11 disciples went and had the first church business meeting. What did they do at the church business meeting? The same thing they do at church business meetings today. They took a vote. They had to replace Judas. They had to make the 11, 12 again. So they put Matthias in. They vote him in. He becomes the 12th disciple. So they had the discussion. The 11 became 12. Watch this. This is curious to me. I'm a teacher by trade. My degree is in education. So I love math. The 11 grew to 12. They added one. Shortly thereafter, the 12 grew to 120, an exponent of 10. 12 times 10. It grew 10 times. Anybody want 10 times growth in your business or whatever it is that you do? I know realtors do. <laughs> times 10. Simple math. This is what we call expansion. It's multiplication. A revival took place. A movement began. They started building this church. Now, I want to draw a parallel today. And we're going to talk about what is the church of today look like. But I want to draw a parallel in honor of my pastor, my friend, the person that I revere so much. Because they just celebrated their 20th year. 
And we're going to do something in April, late end of April, first uh, of May, I'm sorry. You'll have a chance to honor them. I'm going to go ahead and lay the groundwork. But they just celebrated 20 years. So watch this. In the upper room, they started with 11, became 12. Kevin and Devin Wallace went to Ottawa, Tennessee 20 years ago this past March and started with 30 people. The church you sit in now, the ministry that you are aligning with, started with 30 people. Do not despise small beginnings. 30 people at Redemption Point in Ottawa. Push pause and stay tuned because I'm coming back. But the redemptive power of Jesus went through the upper room and Peter preached. Who, who preached? The liar, the denier, the attempted murderer, the one who had been redeemed through the power of the Holy Spirit. God used Peter to deliver the inaugural address to the Christian church. The denier was the first one to preach. At redemption to the nations, you belong before you become. What does that mean? That means you come as you are. That means we don't care what you look like, where you came from. You don't have to clean yourself up and stop everything. You come in here and you are welcome. You belong before you become because I got news for you. Nobody in this building has become yet. We are all a work in progress. We are all sinners saved by grace. We all need the redemptive power of Jesus daily in our lives. We have to continue to repent and ask Jesus to forgive us for the things I'm thinking and saying sometimes. I have to ask Jesus for, uh, I have to repent every day when I get home just by getting off I-75 for the things I'm thinking of people driving on the road. I'm putting a huge snowplow on my Chevy truck and I will drive you off the road. The 7524 interchange is the largest center of stupidity among drivers in America. God help me, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm getting shouted down and I'm preaching negative, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me again, I have not become yet, I'm still trying to belong. You come here, you're welcome, you're celebrated and you can find your purpose at Redemption to the Nation's Church. Acts 2, the infant church gathers together for the Feast of Pentecost and a revival breaks out, a strong wind sweeps through, wildfire hits their tongues. The gifts of the Spirit were born. Some accused them of being drunk on cheap wine. And guess who came to the rescue? Peter. The one who folded and crumbled under pressure earlier. All of a sudden, he's bold and confident. Because now he knows. He knows what Jesus has done for him. He watched him be crucified. He watched him raise for the dead. He watched him come and reveal himself for 40 days. So he jumps in and says, hey, they're not drunk with wine. It's just 9 o'clock in the morning. They're not drunk with wine at all. It tells them again that the last days is going to pour out my spirit. Turn to God, receive the Holy Spirit. And watch what happens. All of a sudden, the 120 grows to 3,000. That is an exponent of 25 times. We've gone from 1 times 10. Now it's times 25. Now why is that happening? Remember what I told you. This growth could not have occurred if Jesus had stayed on the earth. It had to expand. Other people had to teach. Other people had to get excited. Lay people in the church had to start going out and doing the work of pastors, teachers, etc., etc. You in the house tonight, you streaming, you have to do the work of the church. You are not bound to your job. You are ministers of the gospel, all of you. Multiplication. The Bible says that the church grew daily and they added to those who were saved. Redemption Point Ottawa started with 30. 
at one point in time, it grew to 100. What a, what a great story. Then it grew from 100 to hundreds, plural tense, needing a new building, needing new facilities, needing new chairs, needing more parking, needing growth. All the metrics were growing. God was impacting lives. Push pause. Stay tuned. We see the modern-day revivals taking place all over, especially amongst college kids. We talked earlier about sons and daughters taking places on campuses. Amongst Generation Z, if you're a Generation Z-er and you're in here right now, you probably, uh, most of them are in Firebrand or Ignite or somewhere else. But if you're in the age, between the age of 7 and 27, raise your hand. Stand up. Stand up, Gen Z. Stay there. Stay there. Don't sit down. You are the largest generation on planet Earth right now. There are more Gen Zers than any other generation out there. You are passionate. You believe in a cause. You will take less money for fulfillment and a cause that you believe in. That's, that's what you are about. You are different from any generation that's ever been equipped. And this is a passion of our pastor. You guys. Redemption School of Ministry, Ark Academy, and everybody else that's in this room. And this and Generation Z is a focal point of this ministry. You can sit down. Asbury, Lee University, taking place all over the college campuses, all over the nation. The enemy tried to use the pandemic to shut the church down. They told us that the church was non-essential. No, the church epitomizes essential. We invested heavily in the next generation. We've got a new state-of-the-art youth building right over here. They're in it tonight. Praise God. We've got a preschool. We've got the Ark Academy K-12. through We've got Redemption School of Ministry. Tens of millions of dollars committed to Gen Z, to the sons and daughters, the next generation, the mission and vision of our pastor. You are a part of that vision. This is the answer to the question, where does my money go? That's where it goes. It's equipping the next generation. That's what this church is about. This is the modern day church. One in five churches closed their doors during COVID. They could not survive the pandemic. People stopped coming to church. People stopped giving to church. Many people believe the lie that church was good enough to just do it online. But no, there's a power in the assembling of the saints. There's something that takes place under the roof between these curtains that you cannot capture on a camera. You cannot see people get healed in the altar, families restored, marriages restored, relationships restored. You cannot see that on the camera. The camera is incapable of capturing that. Don't ever take that lie that it's good enough to just stream church. So while others are closing, our TTN is expanding. We're opening new campuses. You're, all, you're aware of Athens, you're aware of Cleveland, and there's more coming. Just get ready. Buckle up, because there's more coming. And they're coming quickly. And I'll let Pastor tell you more about that someday. The rooms are filled on every campus we've got. We're spreading the gospel, and the numbers are growing daily, adding to those who are saved. Look at the parallel with the church of Acts and the church of now, the church of today. We're buying more airtime. Bought three new channels just last week, two, two weeks ago. More broadcast time, more live stream, doing everything we can because as he said earlier and I told him a month ago, I've never felt such an urgency going into Resurrection Sunday. 
I've never felt such an urgency. I feel like time is ex extremely short. The prophecies are fulfilled and Jesus is coming back. We got to do all we can. It's the fourth quarter. It's a two-minute drill. We got to get out and tell people about Jesus. We got to add to those who are saved daily. The revival has sparked a great debate. There's differences of opinions. There's excitement and there's skepticism, and that's nothing new. When they had 11, they had 11 different opinions in the house. When they added the 12th, he brought a different opinion. Times 10, 120 opinions, 3,000 opinions, and so on and so forth it goes. The church of today has many opinions. You have opinions. But let me just say this. Thank you for trusting our leadership. Thank you for trusting the vision of a pastor who spends time and has holes in the knees of his pants because he's on his face before God. Thank you for trusting Pastor Devin and all the things that she's leading. So many things, so many great things that are taking place. Thank you for aligning yourself with this ministry and trusting this leadership because we've all got opinions. We all think there's a better way to do it. There's nothing wrong with that. I can't watch a ball game and not question every call that the coach makes. And I've never seen a referee be right. Between that and a snowplow on my car. I ask that you pray for your leadership. Because here's what I will guarantee you. And they're in the room right now. Executive leadership, our CFO, Ryan Hodges, and our pastor, Kevin Wallace. Every decision that is made is covered in prayer. It's done with exhaustive research, robust discussions, with rooms full of people who none of them look alike. They come from different backgrounds and they see through different lenses because that's what this church represents because that's what heaven looks like. We all come together into alignment. I got a, th a thought, and, and I read commentaries like you do, but when I look back at the Church of Acts and after the upper room experience, I got to ask, I asked a lot of questions. I'm always studying and reading and trying to figure out what was it like? What did it feel like? When we went to Israel, I was constantly looking around saying, man, I wonder if this is the exact spot or maybe it was over here. And, and you know, I just, I just, I think that way. I'm analytical from that perspective. So I'm thinking about what it had to be like when they first experienced the upper room I got to believe that they felt like maybe that everybody else had the same revelation that they did. I can't prove it, but I actually think that the 120 might have gone back to synagogue the next week. They might not have forsaken their Jewish traditions. What if they went back to church and thought, well, it's the Messiah. It's the Old Testament prophecy. It's been fulfilled. Does, does not everybody get this? But what happened? If they did go back to church, they were rejected. If they went back to synagogue, they were kicked out. They were canceled. Another reason the church spread the way that it did. Because they were excited about what they had experienced and no longer bought into the status quo. They were over it. They were hungry and they wanted more. You're here tonight on a Wednesday night after working all day long, going to school all day long, loading the kids up in the minivan, driving down the demonic split of 75 and 24 without a shovel on the front of your car. But you're here. You're hungry. You've bought in. You want more. Status quo's got to go. You want more. 
And that's what this church does. And that's what the church, I believe in that day and time, I believe that's what they did. Acts 3. Peter gets, Peter gets so full of the Holy Spirit that he and John beget, get, become incredibly bold. We see the lame man again. We see the lame man who was strategically placed at the foot of the city gate. Why was he put, again, i got to ask questions. Why was he put at the, seat, uh, at the, the city gate? And why was it at 3 o'clock? Well, I think we know the answer. It was the place with the heaviest traffic, the most visibility, the proximity where more people could see him. Yes? Does that make sense? Why do people stand at stop signs when they ask for money? Because they know you've got to sit there and look at them. And you look away and then you look back. And you're asking, is that you talking or is that somebody else talking? Am I supposed to give them something or am I not supposed to? What am I supposed to do? Imagine Peter and John walking by the city gate. There he is. He's there all the time. The same guy. He's in a place of proximity. He's in a place of high traffic. So Peter looks at him. He recognizes him. He says, that's the same dude that's always out here. The guy says, hey, how about a couple bucks? Peter says, I ain't got a couple bucks, but how about I give you your legs? Lays hands on him. In the name of Jesus, the lame walks. The beggar wanted money, and Peter gave him his legs through the healing power of Jesus Christ. A man was healed with a simple prayer. There's a lesson here, and I want to I just touch on this real briefly. We're going to close it down in a minute. But when we pray for healing, when you come in this altar, if I've ever prayed for you, I'm going to always pray the same thing. Because I believe in medicine and I believe in doctors and I believe in science. I believe in all that stuff. But man, God created this body. Therefore, he knows how to heal this body. He's Jehovah Rapha. He can take care of us. It's the most complex and unique machine that has ever been created. It's full of white blood cells and antibodies that fight off disease. It's full of anything that you need to recover and get better. I can't explain why everyone doesn't get healed. But it's not our job to ask that question. It's our job to trust. And by the way, if you're a believer in Christ, getting out of here is the best experience you'll ever have. Amen? The lame man walked in part because of where he was placed. Talk to me about location, real estate people. You ask somebody about real estate, they'll tell you three things. Location, location, location. We are strategically placed. Talk to me about location. Talk to me about Bailey Avenue. One of the highest traffic areas in Chattanooga. Right here. And God gave it to our pastors. Literally. Almost. There was a small transaction. Based on the value of this property, God gave it to our pastors. A highly trafficked area. A place of proximity that people from all over the place have to drive by here. So why do we have greeters in the lobby? Why do we have, why do we have kids out front throwing cornhole beanbags? And frisbees and music playing because we want non-believers to drive by and say, I don't know what that is, but that looks like a place I would enjoy going to. What is the church of today? Well, we ain't never done that before. Who comes to church in shorts and throwing bean bags out front? That's the church of today. That's the church of today. It's whatever it takes to reach the people that are not coming through the doors. 
added to those who were saved daily. The church grew daily. The people saw the lame man walk. They couldn't deny what had happened. His life was changed forever. And people are seeing lives changed here on Bailey Avenue each week. I get testimonies every day, emails, texts, etc. Pastor, did you hear him announce that Sunday's baptism? Did everybody hear that? I got a text today from Gary Keelan that said, you're not going to believe this. There is a lady that watches online who is driving from Florida so Pastor Kevin can baptize her Sunday morning. That's the why. The answers to all these questions are found in that type of testimony. Sometimes we have to ask the Lord and, and, and we go to him with a problem and we ask him to solve a problem and he really just wants to change our whole lives. We bring this minute little minuscule little issue to him that we probably could solve for ourselves. Right? I've told you before though, BCL, God help me to lose 15 pounds. Do it right now. You're God Almighty. You're all powerful and might and power is in your name. Right now, help me to lose 15 pounds and give me an eight pack right here. In Jesus' name, I name it and claim it. Did he do it? Could he do it? No, I got to do it myself, don't I? It's below the Cheetos line, right? It's a BCL. I can do that myself. I'm not going to go to God with a, with a problem like that. He wants to change your whole life. He doesn't want to solve simple problems. To God be all the glory. We say that. He said that earlier. Why is a lady coming from Florida? We don't care. We just know that she's coming, and we're glad she's coming, and we give God all the praise and glory. No man, no woman takes credit for that kind of reach. That's what God can do. We ask him what we want, and in return, he gives us what we need. We ask him for a couple bucks, and he says, how about I just give you legs? Acts 4. Peter and John are teaching. Teaching about Jesus, the Messiah, the resurrected Christ. Remember, it's gone from 11 to 12 to 120 to 3,000. But now look what happens. Jesus is gone. He's ascended. Peter and John, the substitute teachers, the pinch hitter guys, get thrown into jail. What happens? It continues to grow daily. It goes from 3,000 to 5,000 while they're in jail. Because other lay people are teaching and preaching and doing the work of the Lord. So the church continues to grow daily and they add it to their numbers. Redemption Point Church moved to Highland Park, Chattanooga. This campus was born. The Ark Academy services about 200 kids. RSM services about 60 students. Together Cafe serves the community every day. Share events, feed and clothe and provide Christmas for thousands of people each year. Technology goes out of here to tens of thousands each week. Testimonies come in from all over the world. Prayer requests from the north, south, east, and the west come into this house. We lay hands on them and pray for those prayer requests every Tuesday. If you submit a prayer request online, I promise you that our pastor verbally calls your name. We do it every Tuesday, every Monday. So check this out. 11 to 12, 12 to 120, 120 to 3,000, 3,000 to 5,000. Amongst all three of our campuses last Sunday, just last Sunday, in-house, under the roof, in chairs, this ministry, this church in three locations, preached the gospel to over 4,000. Wow. 
What is the church today? It's pastors. It's people preaching. It's anointed worship. That's what it is. And every bit of this, God gets the glory. Nobody takes credit. He never says, look at what I did. He never says, man, I preached good. In fact, he's usually not saying that. And we're telling him, are you kidding? That's the greatest message I've ever heard since last Sunday when you preached the greatest message I ever heard. It's the week before that when you preached the greatest message. The guy bats a thousand. He's never swung and missed. Anyway, we're just getting started. We're not backing up and we're not backing down. And we have to have you. There will be times when he's not in the pulpit. There were times when Jesus wasn't teaching, when Peter and John weren't teaching, and the church continued to expand. Who dare arrest these guys back in the day? God deniers and Messiah defiers and haters and naysayers. And we got all them too. But how do you defend your church? How do you continue to come in alignment and continue to support and, and again, I've told you before, you may have a better way, but every decision is covered and coated with prayer. So cable news reported that the Asbury revival multiplied from 8 to 10 college kids sitting in a Bible class one day to over 50,000 people visiting that campus in Kentucky in just 14 days. Talk to me about expansion. So look at what God did in the book of Acts, but look at what God is doing in the month of April. And you are a part of that. You are what makes this place go. This does not work without you, the faithful crew, the Wednesday night crew. May we not only be a part of the movement, but may we assist by leading this movement boldly, expanding and multiplying, adding to the number of those that were saved daily. So Luke tells us in Acts that the religious leaders, leaders met and anyone who was anyone was there and they grilled Peter and John and said, you know, who do you think you are? How dare you teach this? You might be faced with that at work. You will have haters and naysayers. Do you waffle and crumble when he denied him three times or do you bow up and say, they're not drunk with wine. It's just nine in the morning. Leave them alone. Which Peter are you? Which version of Peter are you? See, here's what I'd like to say to you. It says that the, the boldness and confidence took over in Acts 4. It said that these men who supposedly had no educational advantages, one, one translation said they were perceived to be ignorant. One translation says that they could not take their eyes off of them. They took note of them because they had been with Jesus. These ignorant, uneducated, untrained should not be teaching but they couldn't take their eyes off them because they, could, they knew they had been with Jesus. There was something different. We can't figure these guys out. They could not deny that when they laid hands on people, they were healed. They saw the lame walk. They saw the blind see. They saw the dumb talk. They saw all these miracles take place. And what I want to say to you today is as you sit in your seat, and I've got two girls, and Pastor preaches on Metron three weeks ago. My daughter texts me and says, he's reading my mail. You know why? Because she's looking at her future as a 22-year-old, and she knows she's called to ministry, but she has three job offers in the business world. And she's confused because her vision of being in ministry is that she's got to be on a church staff, and I'm not hiring her. <laughs> so he preaches a message, and he tells you that your metron is wherever that you are. You are a believer. You are a, a, you are a teacher. You are a preacher on your job right where you are. Let me say it this way. You don't need a bachelor's in Bible. 
You don't need a master's in the mastery of the master. You don't need a doctorate in divinity. You need desire. You need a passion to tell others about Jesus Christ. And you can do things more effective than any of us can do. You know your people, your metron, the people you work with. We don't know them. We don't know how to reach them, but you do. And the church grew daily and added to those who were saved. Oh, that that would be our legacy. That they would look at us and say, I, I don't know. I don't get that guy. I don't, I don't get that girl. But man, there is something different about them. There is something. They got something on them. They, they got something that I... I don't, they're not the smartest and they're not the best and they're not, they're not, the, the, that Richie guy, he's, he don't have any good hair. He's the before guy in the before and after commercials. But there's something about that people, that group of people that go to that church on Bailey Avenue. They got something that I need, something that I want. I told pastor, brother T.F. Tenney told me one time, he said, God always blesses where his reputation is safe. May we be a place where God's reputation is safe. Living a pure, holy, and godly life. What they saw, they couldn't deny. So what do people see here? What is the church of today? What is this specific church? People can drive by and they can see beautiful buildings. They can see valuable pieces of property. They can see a cool campus and a cafe. They can see a preacher that dresses really cool and has a hard part right down the side right here. Always looking sharp. They can see Pastor Devin get up here and do what she does like nobody else can do. They can see all these things. They can see all the best programs that we have to offer. Kids programs, best, best in the world. Middle school and high school programs. College and young adult. The best worship. The best preaching. You'll never hear anybody preach better than this guy right here. Many CRTTN. I get calls, emails, and texts all the time. And you know what they say? They say, wow, what a church. What a church. Can we come learn from you guys? Can we come visit? Can, can we just come see what you do? Wow, what a church. And you know what we tell them? You can come, but you're going to be greatly disappointed because it's not what a church, it's what a Christ. Wow. It all points back to Jesus. Everything we do points back to Jesus, points people back to Jesus. Impact lives, yes. Give people hope, yes. Aspire to be the most loving church in the world, yes. But we've got a bold confidence to tell people, no, it's all about Jesus. It's not about the church. It's not about the brand. It's not about that green and brown R on the side of the building. It's all about Jesus Christ. Stand with me. If you can belong before you become. If you can belong before you become. Why don't you stop trying to fit in where you don't belong? You've been set apart. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before you were born, I set you apart. Before you were born, I set you apart. You've been set apart. Tonight, I'm asking you, do you want more of God? Do you want to plug in and really be a part of what's taking place? Do you want to add to those that were saved daily? Do you want to see this church, your church, the church of today, grow exponentially, continue to expand and multiply? If that's the case, stop asking for a couple bucks and asking for your legs. Let him completely change and wreck your life. Powerful touch from God Almighty.
In a moment, I'm going to give it back to Pastor Kevin. But in this moment, I'm just asking this question. And this is not a salvation message, but we never want to close a service without giving you an opportunity to get saved or to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ. I might have been away. might have slipped up. That's what the name of this church represents, redemption, the redemptive power of the Holy Spirit. Bow your heads. If you need to come make things right, raise your hand. If that's you tonight, this is going to be a quick altar call. You say, I need to come down and get things right, and I want Pastor Kevin to pray for me. Raise your hand. Keep your eyes closed, please. If you say, hey, I want to be a part of this. I want to see this thing expand and multiply and grow. I'm going to quit asking for a couple bucks or some loose change. I'm going to go all in and I'm going to say, give me my legs. I need to do more. The days are short. Time is short. If that's you, I'm not going to ask you to come down, but just as a sign of alignment, would you signify and say, yeah, I'm all in. I'm ready. I'm going to do more. Anybody? Raise your hand if you'll let us know that that's part of what you want to be. I'm going to remember you that raised your hand. We need you on a serve team. We need you ministering. We need you preaching the gospel on your job, at your work, doing what you want to do. You want exponential growth in your business? Give Him exponential attention in the Word and what you do in your prayer time and devotion time. Let me pray over you and then pastor's going to come up and close it. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity tonight. I thank you for everyone under the roof and everyone online. Lord, I pray that you bless them. God, may we be faithful. May this be a place that your reputation is safe. May you continue the expansion and multiplication. May souls be added each day as the church grows. We give you all the glory and all the praise. No man, no woman takes credit for what you are doing at this church, the church of today. In Jesus' name.